This episode of the Holly Fueled Nutrition Podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. To save 10% off your first month of therapy, visit the link in the show notes, which is BetterHelp, better slash Holly Fueled. Hi, everyone. I am Holly Samuel, and I am a board-certified sports dietitian, personal trainer, CEO of Holly Fueled Nutrition, and of course, your podcast host today. And today's episode is going to be of the solo variety, (laughs) um, where I'm going to be basically recapping um, my pregnancy running journey. Um, That's kind of what I titled this episode. A lot of you have actually reached out and asked me, you know, if I would talk more about you know, just like my experience trying to be a runner while being pregnant, uh, with fitness, with some of the challenges, how I troubleshooted certain symptoms, if I had certain symptoms, what it felt like, um, et cetera, since I've definitely been pretty transparent about talking about this on my social media account. So, um, you guys know I'm long-winded and that's why I have a podcast. So I wanted to come on and basically just recap this long form, um, in podcast format. Um, and I definitely have like a lot of thoughts, just a lot of reflection, um, you know, things I would do the same things I would do differently. Um, and just, and really grateful in general for how everything's shaken out (laughs) thus far for me during pregnancy at the time of recording this episode. Um, I am still pregnant. Um, when it gets released, uh, it'll be right around my due date. So not super sure, you know, if I'll still be pregnant or not, um, at that time, or if I'll still be running, um, it's definitely slowed down quite a bit. Um, somewhat intentionally, somewhat, uh, by force. (laughs) Um, now that I'm recording this around eight or nine months pregnant or so, um, over the course of the holidays. So we'll get into that too. Um, but yeah, I wanted to kind of give an honest, um, recap of my pregnancy running journey, because if this podcast episode existed from someone else releasing it, when I first found out I was pregnant or during just any of my trimesters, I would have absolutely loved to listen to something like this just because, to be honest, I've known a lot of pregnant people in my life. I've worked with a lot of pregnant um, women and and some pregnant runners too. It's definitely, um, you know, not my main audience. Um, I'd say my main audience works with me before or after they're pregnant and not always during the process. Um, although I have worked with quite a few, but you know, I just, I feel like this is a very specific type of population I'm talking to. Um, and not a lot of these types of episodes or just longer form content exist. So I wanted to do my due diligence and put it out there into the world. So, you know, if you're someone who is pregnant right now or wants kids, um, in the future, you know, this might be hopefully a helpful resource for you, or just again, someone's experience so that you don't feel, alone. I hope some of it's relatable um, and helps you on on your journey. And if you're like, I literally never want to be pregnant um, or it's never going to happen or it already happened and it's over, um, you know, then I hope that you find this entertaining um, or you can skip this one if this type of content isn't your jam, since there are so many other episodes that have nothing to do with pregnancy that you can definitely listen to on the show. Um, But before we get into it, 
I'm going to talk about my experiences. Um, I'm going to talk about conversations I've had with my own healthcare providers. But remember, this is not a replacement for individualized medical advice. Um, and if you do have your own questions, make sure you're reaching out to your healthcare team to get those answered so you can make the best decision for you and your baby if you are pregnant. So before we get into it, I had asked on both threads and in my Instagram um, like stories when I was talking about, um, I don't know, I was talking about pregnancy and running at some point. Oh, it was when I released the exercise during pregnancy recommendations with um, my friend and colleague who is a physical therapist. Um, I had basically just took a poll and said, hey, any you know, athletes on here who've been pregnant before, did you run during your pregnancy? And on both platforms, it was about 60% said yes, and about 30 to 40% said no. Um, and I also will say about probably half of the people who answered said kind of like, yes, but, and then messaged me um, kind of their their asterisk disclaimer, like, yes, I did, but I had to stop you know, at 20 weeks or yes, I did, but it was like way less than, you know, what it normally would have been or yes, but you know, this. So I didn't really ask about the specifics, obviously in poll format, cause it's kind of hard to do. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I was basically just looking for like, did you run at all? <laughs> like, or did you basically stop? Um, or were you forced to stop or were you maybe not a runner, you know, when you were pregnant and then, you know, so obviously you didn't run. Um, so that's kind of what I was going for. So a lot of you did, um, did run to some degree, which is awesome. Um, and I just thought it was interesting. So I wanted to point that out. Um, but you know, going into, um, this, if you kind of want to hear about like my first trimester, um, and part of my second trimester, like kind of recaps and just like finding out we were pregnant and that decision and getting into that. I did a whole episode on that back in August of 2023. So scroll on back to the life update episode in August. And I talk a lot more about like the, the nitty gritty of some of those symptoms and emotions and decisions um, going into that because it was a bit of a roller coaster. Um, we were very lucky and everything's great, but um, it was a bit of a roller coaster. So if you want more on that, I guess, go listen to that episode. Um, but basically my husband and I, you know, this was planned. It worked out well for us. We were very fortunate. Um, and my first kind of like running experience, um, was I guess technically the Boston marathon. My, like our conception date is like muddled <laughs> around those like that week or so. Um, and that's around the time, you know, we knew we wanted to start trying. So, you know, technically, if you like were to count back the weeks, um, you know, because there's a couple weeks where you don't even know you're pregnant because you can't find out yet um, between conception and whatnot. The Boston Marathon is in those dates. <laughs> so, um, you know, I don't think there was a ton of hormone action happening yet. I don't think it affected me at all. Um, but that was kind of like my first um I guess, experience, like running related experience uh, during pregnancy, which was super cool. Because if you go back to April and listen to my recap episode of the Boston Marathon 2023, I crushed it. 
Um, I ran a six minute PR negative split the course for the second time. Um, and just had a really great day. Like it it wasn't a day where I'd say everything just like came together and was perfect, but I controlled my controllables really well. And I kind of pulled out a gritty performance and I was super proud of it. Um, I ran a 319 qualified. A lot of people have been asking me, Oh, like, are you going to, did you apply to Boston for 2024? Cause you'll have your baby and then you can run. And I was like, I mean, I applied, but I will be absolutely using their pregnancy and postpartum deferral policy. Um, I will not be getting cleared to run at the earliest a month before the race and then crash course running a marathon. No, that's not my speed. That's not what I preach. So therefore, that's not what I practice. Um I will be using their pregnancy and postpartum deferral policy because that is what it's for. <laughs> so I will um, either run it in 2025 um, or 2026, depending on what makes the most sense. Um, and I'm super grateful that they have that. They didn't have that, um, to my knowledge, until basically we decided to get pregnant. And I was like, well, this is great timing <laughs> um, because I love the Boston Marathon. Honestly, it's like our one of our local races. Um, we don't have to travel for it, which is really nice. Um, and I really like the bigger, like major big city type races that have a lot of aid station support and crowd support just as a preference. Um, so it's one that honestly, I just, I like to run for all those reasons. Don't have to travel that much and has basically everything that I need. (laughs) The fact that it happens to be the Boston marathon is awesome. Um, and I do have some personal connections to that as well, but, um, you know, that's definitely, probably going to be my first marathon back postpartum, whether that is, you know, about a year and a half postpartum or two and a half years postpartum. Not super sure. It'll kind of depend on how things go. Um, but anyway, going back to my running journey during the first trimester. So ran Boston, did super well, um, you know, took it easy, had a really great recovery period. Like I always try to be really intentional about, Um, my coach, um, at the time we are, you know, on a pause right now because I'm, you know, training for other things, uh, other than races. So gave my spot to someone else on her very limited roster, um, and very much love her and want to work with her again when I am cleared. Um, we had decided that I would run the Mount Washington road race, um, in June. Um, I had found out I was pregnant. Um, I was planning on like running it or walking it or just doing the best that I could do um, with it. (laughs) And then that is around the time we found out that I had placenta previa because I had had some spotting and some symptoms um, that were a bit worrisome. And my practice wanted to be super cautious because it was super early and it was a complete previa and they put me on complete pelvic rest um, just to not exacerbate anything, kind of get me through the first trimester and see if it cleared up like placenta previa often does. Um, At the time that felt very scary and devastating um, to me. I mean, I think my mindset, which I talked a lot more about in the August episode I referred to earlier, my mindset had always been, I'm super active. I would love to have an active pregnancy. I know that's not in the cards for everyone. I will be open-minded and flexible about it. You know, this is something that I really want to do. I want to get pregnant. I want to be pregnant. I want to have kids. I am accepting kind of the things that come with that. And I'm not trying to force anything. And I think when you get pregnant, you're like, I mean, I'm probably going to slow down at some point, but you don't think it's going to be at eight weeks, (laughs) Um, you know, and potentially for the duration of your pregnancy by force. Um, So that was really, really hard. And I talked a lot more about that in the August episode. 
Um, so because I got put on public rest the week of the Mount Washington road race, obviously my doctors were like, mm, don't think you walking up a mountain is a good idea. <laughs> um, makes sense. So pulled out of that race. Honestly, I was feeling very first trimester-y at that point. Anyway, I was pretty tired. Um, I was nauseous with some food aversions. It wasn't horrendous. Um, I kind of put a lot of habits in place that made it a bit more bearable for me. Um, it's also my first pregnancy. So, you know, you don't have anything to compare it to other than what you hear about other people's experiences, but I had been having blood work done, had a really good idea of where my micronutrient status was at, you know, was trying to implement all the nausea tips that I give pregnant women. Um, and kept it pretty manageable. Um, so I wasn't, I was bummed that I wasn't going to get to run that race, but I was also like, this is fine. And kind of relieved at that decision that it was kind of like made for me. And I didn't have to just like, you know, try to be tough and gut it out or feel like I was failing myself by pulling out of it, which I knew would have been the right choice anyway. So didn't end up running that. Um, I was (laughs) put on pelvic rest um, basically, you know, until further notice, until the previa corrected itself or until birth, whatever came first. So when you're at eight weeks being told this information and you're also being told this might increase your risk of miscarriage, it might also increase your risk of, you know, like preterm labor. Um, you know, we really want to be cautious with this just because you have had symptoms. I've known, I've been told by other people now that like not all practices are this cautious. Some of them don't do anything (laughs) differently. Um, so I think it really depends on your care team and what they're comfortable with. Um, once I got further away from the symptoms that I was having and the spotting incidents that I was having, um, they were a bit more comfortable with me, like going for long walks and like doing very modified light lifts, like with no hip flexion, no bearing down, um, you know, nothing heavier than 20 pounds. Um, so I was able to, um, you know, walk, a lot. I probably walked three to six miles a day instead of running. It was summer at this point. So I was like more than happy to do that. Um, I felt really good doing that. I lifted four times a week, but they were extremely modified. I mean, compared to what I'm used to doing, um, they're very modified lifts focused mostly on like upper body, um, some core. And I mean, very, very light lower body, um, just to kind of make me feel like I was in a routine and that, um, I you know, still had some functional movement in my body, um, but nothing, nothing strenuous that would make my team uncomfortable. Um, and honestly, I felt really great <laughs> doing this. I think I needed someone to tell me to kind of chill out. <laughs> I don't think I would have gotten there on my own. Um, and once I did stop running and, you know, just did a lot more low impact activity, like my energy levels got so much better. I started sleeping a little bit better. Um, the food aversions were still hit or miss, but, um, honestly that was, that was good for me. So I did that for about two months. I was on pelvic rest for two months, did not run. I probably ran at about 25 to 50% of my normal capacity. Um, you know, leading up to that bout of pelvic rest because I was recovering from Boston. And then I was just training a bit differently for the Mount Washington road race slash. I didn't feel that great. So I was fine with reducing my volume. Um, So training, you know, leading up to Boston, I was running probably like 40 to 45 miles per week, was doing like two quality sessions, like speed work. I was lifting probably four or five times a week, Um, you know, ran Boston. And then I was probably running more like 
20 to 30 miles per week. Um, at absolute most I was doing like incline walking and incline running to prepare for the Mount Washington road race. And I was lifting probably still like four or five times a week. Um, and really no quality sessions, like a lot of runs just felt hard. Um, I describe first trimester fitness for me as it felt like I was trying to work out really hungover, super dehydrated at altitude with an iron deficiency after having not slept. Like that's just how it felt. But the things that you could typically do to help alleviate those situations, like not drink alcohol, try to get sleep, water, electrolytes, take iron, like none of that really works because you're just, you know, you're just first trimester. Um, so <laughs> that's kind of how fitness felt. So, I mean, I definitely slowed down a ton, um, you know, cut, cut back on the volume if I needed to skip things, if I needed to, I messaged my coach a lot, like, oh my God, I'm dying. Like, you know, I definitely can't do speed work. We just need to keep it easy runs. And even then I'm, those don't feel easy at all. Um, and she's very understanding. She has kids. She's been pregnant. She was like, I didn't even run during my pregnancy. So you're doing great. Like, um, you know, we'll just take, we'll just play it by ear. And then once I was on pelvic rest, that looked more like walking three to six miles a day, doing extremely light, light, light modified lifts four times per week. Um, and just focusing on uh, my mental health, um, which is why we're going to take a minute to hear a word from our sponsor for this episode, which is BetterHelp, um, which is what I used and use um, to take care of my mental health, especially during this time. It was such a key player. So I'll be right back. Thank you so much to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of the Hollyfield Nutrition Podcast. Regardless if you have a clinical mental health issue like depression or anxiety, or if you're just a human who lives in this world who is going through a hard time, therapy can give you tools to approach your life in a different way. And that's why I am so excited to tell you about today's sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp's mission is to make therapy more affordable, more accessible, and this is an important mission because finding a therapist can be really, really hard, especially when you're limited to the options in your area. BetterHelp is a platform that makes finding a therapist easier because it's online, it's remote, and by filling out just a few questions, BetterHelp can match you to a professional therapist in a little as a few days. Um, when I used BetterHelp, it was a few hours. <laughs> um, so it is truly a very quick and easy process compared to um, what I've had clients experience and what I've experienced myself in traditionally trying to find a therapist through the healthcare system. It is really easy to sign up and get matched with a therapist. There is a link in my description, which is betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash hollyfueled, which is H-O-L-L-E-Y-F-U-E-L-E-D. And that link is in the description. Clicking that link helps supports this podcast, and it also gets you 10% off your first month of BetterHelp so you can connect with a therapist and see if it helps you out. Because finding a therapist can be a little bit like dating, if you don't really fit with the first therapist they match you to, which is super common in healthcare and therapy, you can easily switch to a new therapist at no additional cost without stressing about insurance, who's in your network, or anything like that. So if you are struggling, book the appointment, get started, consider online therapy with BetterHelp. 
visit the link in the description. And again, if this is something that you think is going to help you or you're nervous about it, taking the plunge is the most important first step. And then BetterHelp is going to let you sort out the rest. Now let's get back to the episode. And I for sure like lost, you know, some fitness. I definitely lost muscle mass. I felt like I was atrophying and giving it all to my baby during this time too, for sure. But because I did go through the motions of some light strength training and modified work and I was feeling really good, I did maintain a lot of my function, which was my main goal during that time, just to kind of stay healthy, you know, stay within the parameters of what was medically being recommended to me and stay functional. Um, Because, you know, to be honest, I was kind of like, birth is a very physical event that's like several months down the road. And I don't want to just go into that having done nothing, like if I can do something (laughs) and it's safe. Um, But around, I think it was around 16 weeks. um, So about eight weeks of pelvic rest. And then at 16 weeks, um, I was cleared to run and do all the things and taken off pelvic rest. Um, That was great. Talked more about that on the episode I referenced back in August as well. Um, But basically my complete placenta previa had totally resolved, wasn't even like low lying anymore. Um, so I am really grateful that my providers let me get the ultrasound at 16 weeks to check on it. Cause I kind of wonder like how long had it been resolved for, you know? Um, but yeah, I like left that appointment and was like, all right, well, I'm going to try and be really smart about how I go about incorporating movement of higher intensities again, because I feel really good right now. And I just want to keep feeling good. And, you know, running and stuff in the past has been a huge piece of what does make me feel good. But I don't want to be like an idiot (laughs) about this and like do too much too soon, especially with like a changing body. Um, I don't want to get injured. Like I don't want an orthopedic issue because I was dumb. Um, because your orthopedic issues don't just go away just because you're pregnant. Right. Um, so I made basically a training plan for myself. I wasn't being coached anymore at this point because it didn't really make sense. I was on pelvic rest. That was totally fine. Can't wait to get back there one day. (laughs) Now is not the time. Um, but it will be soon. And essentially by the end of like July and August, which also is just my favorite time of year. I love the heat. I love summer. I'm a Leo. Like it's my favorite. Um, it was so exciting just to get back out there. So I made a training plan for myself. Um, and I had like the goal in the back of my mind that, Hey, it would be really cool if I could like run a half marathon while pregnant, if it's something that feels good and is safe for me to do solely because new England, new Hampshire, especially like we have so many amazing half marathons in the fall. And usually in the past, I've always been training for like a goal marathon or a goal half marathon. So I haven't really gotten to like participate in a lot of the races because they've like just not worked out with my schedule or, you know, it's been a lot of race entries too expensive um, or I just like didn't trust myself to go run it easy. Um, So I was like, it'd be really cool for me like to do maybe one of the races that I don't normally get to do um, and just like do it for fun with like a totally different goal (laughs) Um, while pregnant but also don't want to force it if that's not something that's going to feel good. Um, so I had that in mind with like probably 10 to 12 weeks of training that I could fit in before that. And again, I wasn't going from like not doing anything 
to like full blown half marathon training <laughs> at all. Like I was coming off of the best shape of my life and a huge running base. And I didn't just do nothing for eight weeks. I was walking, I was spending time on my feet. I was still strong. Like, you know, I wasn't just like on bed rest. Luckily that would have been a little bit different. Um, and how I approached that, but I was like, I bet I can like, you know, put together a good training plan, um, that increases gradually and is absolutely like, very realistic and reasonable so that I can maybe complete a half marathon, um, if my body feels good. So that's what I did. I added running back in, um, the first week back, just pulling up my training plan here so I can like read it off to you. Um, I think I did. Yeah, I did a two mile run. Um, my first run back. And I remember I ran, I think I ran the whole thing. I might've walked like for a minute between the two miles, Um, but they were super slow for me, you know, it was definitely even slower than what my typical, like easy pace range would be. And it was really humbling. Like (laughs) I remember being like, wow, that was pretty hard. Like it was also 85 degrees and I was probably not drinking enough water, like, but it was humbling and I felt great and I was really excited. Um, and then I think I ran a mile the next day and then I ran three miles, Um, because my friend was in town and then I took a day off and then I ran three more miles. So the first week back, I ran about eight or nine miles total, um, which felt very reasonable, realistic. I recovered well. I was still like walking and strength training and doing that extra stuff with it. Um, second week back, I ran 13 miles. Third week back, I ran 15 miles. Fourth week back, I ran 19 miles, then 20 miles, then 22 miles, then 24 miles. So I basically gradually increased all my mileage. I, and again, all my mileage was like easy effort. Like none of it was workouts. And some of the easy days absolutely did not feel easy because that's how pregnant running can be. Sometimes a lot of those runs would incorporate walk breaks. Um, as my center of gravity, like started to, um, like shift, I noticed that my quads would get really, really fatigued. Like it would have felt like I had sprinted up a hill just like running or walking for a little bit. Um, so, you know, I just tried to listen to my body, take walk breaks, slow down, you know, shorten the run if I needed to. Um, or if I was just feeling off and I felt that the more hydrated I was like 120 ounces of water minimum per day, especially during the summer, like 2000 extra milligrams of sodium per day at minimum during the summer, that definitely helped prevent like any type of Braxton Hicks or like, muscle fatigue sensations, but you know, I was growing a bump. (laughs) It was in my second trimester. So my center of gravity was shifting a little bit too. And I think that had an impact just on what muscles got tired. Um, and I definitely had to pee like within the first mile or two for most runs. (laughs) So that was something I built in to most of my runs as well. Um, so I did end up, um, being able to run a half marathon. Um, I ran the smutty nose half marathon in Hampton, New Hampshire, which I think was the first weekend of October. Um, and it was actually my very first half marathon that I ever did back in like 20, I don't know, like 2014, maybe several years ago. Um, and I've, I've run it a bunch of times since. So it was just kind of special. Like, you know, it was my first, my first half marathon. And then it was baby's first half marathon technically. Um, and you know, 
I ran, I think, a 209. So one of my, I think it was my slowest half marathon to date. Actually, up until that point, the one I ran in my third trimester was slower. <laughs> um, but I was like most proud of that. Like the time, the time did not matter to me at all. I was fully anticipating being much, much slower <laughs> than what non-pregnant me would normally be and just being able to enjoy it. It was actually kind of funny too. That race, like I woke up that day feeling terrible. Like I just didn't feel great during my second trimester. That was probably like when I had the most like growing pains, um, is how I would describe it. Um, where some days I would wake up and feel totally normal. It felt like all of my organs were kind of falling into place as they should. (laughs) And other days I would wake up and feel just not great. Like it just like nothing was fitting in my abdomen. Um, and like, I could feel my abs, like, you know, breaking apart basically as they need to, to fit a baby. Um, when I woke up for this half marathon, that was like one of those days, like my digestion was kind of off. I felt like there was trapped gas. I felt like my abs were going to explode. It was hard to breathe. Like I just didn't feel great. So I was like, huh? Okay. Well I picked up my bib. My husband had um, to travel for work that morning. So like we were both up really early because he had to go to the airport and he was like, well, if you feel really bad, like, you know, be careful, don't run. Like, I think he felt kind of bad that (laughs) he was not going to be there. Um, and I have family and stuff around, so I would have been fine if I needed support, but I was like, ah, I'm just going to like show up and like go through the motions. And sometimes like this improves a lot, you know, during the course of my mornings, like just what I experienced through training and whatnot. And sometimes it doesn't. Um, so I was like, let me just like go through the motions. I paid for the bib. Like if I still feel really bad, I cannot start or I can drop out. Like one reason why I had picked this course too, was that it was very easy to drop out and that there would be bathrooms like along the way. Um, like we passed my car at mile three and I also could have dropped out at like mile six. So I was like, well, let me just see how it goes. Um, and I felt really bad. Like I didn't feel great running immediately when I started the race, um, TMI, but like didn't go to the bathroom in the morning, which is like not something I had experienced at all, like during pregnancy and really haven't since, like I haven't had any issues really with constipation, um, which is a really common symptom of pregnancy because everything relaxes and digestion slows down to get extra nutrients to the baby. Um, and your intestines are all like smushed up (laughs) in there. But I was like, huh, I don't know how this is going to go. And one of the problems that I ran into was that I was having a hard time, like even taking gels, um, because of just how like just crammed everything felt in my abdomen. So I was kind of at that point, like, well, I'm not going to run a half marathon pregnant and not take any gels. Like that's not, I'm not doing this under fueled with a baby on board. Like that's not my ethos. That's not what we're doing. That doesn't sound fun. Um, I'm going to be out here longer than I normally am. So like, I'm extra not doing that. Um, so let me, you know, let me see how it goes. And basically around mile, like five, I was like, I'm definitely going to drop out. Like I was having a hard time even walking. Um, and we passed a, we passed a bathroom. I was like, well, let me just go to the bathroom. Um, you know, sit down, pee <laughs> a teaspoon of fluid. Cause that's what you do when you're pregnant. And I was like, going to text my husband and be like, I'm going to drop out. I don't feel that great. And then I was like, let me not do that to him. He's like getting on a plane. He's going to feel panicked. Like 
I'm fine. I just don't feel great, but like nothing's wrong. <laughs> um, so I'll tell him later, like when I'm home and safe and he can rest assured that I am indeed fine. Um, so I like literally like deleted the message that I was about to send. And then I sat up and I was like, I actually feel okay. Let me just like, I have to run around the corner to get to my car anyway on the track. So let me just get back onto the course, run around the corner. <laughs> and I don't know what happened, but a switch flipped. I felt great. Like I felt normal. And it was so weird. Like I, it's not like I went to the bathroom in a significant way, right? Like I sat down, I peed a teaspoon, I got up, I was fine. So I don't know if baby moved. I don't know if like just time <laughs> helped things sort themselves out. But I was like, actually, I feel okay. I'm going to take a gel and I'm going to run another mile. And if I still feel okay, I'm going to keep going. If I don't, I'm going to walk the mile back and go back to my car. Because once you're on this course, you have to run like an out and back for the second half. So like you're kind of committed <laughs> to running back once you run out. Um, and it was pretty windy and chilly. And, you know, I had like a tank top on and arm sleeves. So I was like, I don't want to get freezing. Um and then I felt really good, really, really good. So my quads were a little tired because they had been not happy with me the first couple miles when just like everything felt tight and fatigued and like cramped. Um, and then everything felt really good. So I negative split the second half of that half marathon, like in a very significant way. I took all my gels, felt really great. And I crossed the finish line in 209, like six months pregnant. I was super proud of that. Like, I was just like, that was awesome. Like, I'm so glad that that worked out because I did not think it was going to <laughs> with how this morning started, um, which just kind of goes to be one of the themes of this podcast episode, which is that you really don't like you, the, the times you feel bad during pregnancy are temporary. And the times you feel good during pregnancy are also temporary. <laughs> so just kind of showing up and rolling with the punches and having some flexibility and listening to your body um, and knowing like what your limits should be. Um, yeah, that that's the name of the game. And that really kind of showed me that I, you know, practice what I preach, I guess, during that race. But I was super proud of that and really excited about it. Um, and I felt really great after, like I didn't feel super destroyed. I recovered really well. I went for a run, I think two or three days later, like a short one and kind of was able to continue my training plan. Essentially, I think I ran uh, 28 miles, you know, 12 miles the week after. Um, and then we went to Chicago to cheer on my clients who are running the Chicago marathon. And when I tell you, I thought my running journey during pregnancy was over that weekend. I... <sighs> I was so frustrated. It was so bizarre. So I ran the half marathon on a Sunday. I took two days off to just like walk and stretch and rest. My first run back, I ran eight miles and I felt like myself, like I felt amazing. Um, and it was faster than like the half marathon. Like I felt really, really good. And then I ran four miles and then we went to Chicago. When I, as soon as we landed, like at the airport in Chicago, my entire pelvic floor like kind of got really tight and it just did not let up that whole weekend. I felt like a lot of heaviness and pressure down there, like just like standing and walking around, which was kind of a bummer. I was hoping to be able to like be a bit more mobile to get around the course and like cheer people on and maybe participate in some of like the shakeout runs and 
just be able to like run around Chicago because it's a really great running city if you're not running the marathon. And I've never gotten to do that because I've always been running the marathon or that's the only time I've been there <laughs> before. Um, so I didn't run at all the whole time we were there. And even like walking around, I was like trying to kind of conserve my steps and my energy because I just would feel really bad and like need to sit down. <laughs> um, Connor was a champ and helped me so much like carry bags and like find the path of least resistance in terms of how to get places that was, you know, the most direct and, um, you know, call Ubers and like, he was great. I couldn't have done that without him, um, and remained positive about it. So that was kind of weird. And I was like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe this is just what happens. And like, maybe I'm done running like at 26 weeks. And that would be a bummer. Cause I just ran a half marathon and I just ran eight miles after that half marathon and felt phenomenal. And I really feel like this came out of nowhere. When I tell you that we got home and the next day, my pelvic floor was like, fine, like fine, 1000% fine. I ran four miles, was fine. Ran 10 miles the next day, totally fine. So bizarre. So like, I don't know, your body's interesting. And I know a lot of women, people in general hold tension and like anxiety in their pelvic floor. So I don't know if like my child and my body was like, we are in a new big city and we do not feel safe, even though I wasn't anxious like at all when we were there. Like I felt fine. I was in good spirits, got to meet so many of my clients in person. Like it was very bizarre. Um, but yeah, when I got home, I think my body was like, ah, oh, we're home. We're safe. We're fine. And released all tension. And I was great. And I ran a bunch, ran 26 miles that week. So really bizarre. Um, I was still strength training this whole time too. Um, and you know, walking and, and doing all that good stuff. Um, the next week I ran 27 miles and the week after that I ran 27 miles. Um, and I did run a half marathon at 29 weeks pregnant, another one. Um, so I, you know, essentially like for this race, this was the half marathon. It was a seacoast half marathon that I had done the year prior and ran my, my PR there, which I think was, it was either a 132 or a 133. Um, I did a recap on that race. If you want to go back and listen to it from last year. Um, and Connor had picked that race as a goal race. He had been training for that. I wrote him a training plan. He was gearing up for that um, all fall long. And I was like, Oh, that's a great race. You know, I'm going to be in my third trimester. So like, wasn't really expecting to feel good to run it at that point. Like I kind of thought, Oh, if I do, you know, maybe, maybe I will. Like if I wake up that morning and I feel pretty good, maybe I'll like run, walk it. That would be fun. I love the race. It's a beautiful course. Like, again, just wanted to enjoy. And they did allow, um, people to get bibs and sign up the morning of the race. Um, so when I woke up that morning, I had carb loaded the day before, just in case, um, you know, I was like, you know, I feel really good. Like the weather's great. Like, let's just, let's just go out there and see. And similarly, I, you know, I, <laughs> I picked the course because there were bathrooms and also I could have dropped out, I think at mile seven. Um, well, I could have dropped out at like mile one or mile seven. So I was like, all right, like, that's pretty doable. My, my mom and my parents were going to be around. So if I like, you know, if anything happened or I needed them to pick me up, like I had all these backup plans. <laughs> so, um, that is 
what I planned to do. And I made it through like the first probably six or seven miles of that race, really feeling awesome. Like I felt really good at this point in running. I was wearing a belly band with every single run. Um, I wear the one it's by, I think I can never say it. Bell, hmm, Bell Bay, baby. I'll, pro- I'll link it below. I'm, I'm butchering that. Um, but it's basically like a, it looks like a tunic. Like it's like a sports bra for your whole abdomen, essentially. So it's like, just like gentle compression and lift, um, which really helps with your bladder. Like I was having to pee like the first mile or two of every run and wearing that I wouldn't have to go for like five or six miles. Um, which was awesome. So I felt awesome for the first half of that race. I was taking my gels, like felt really good. Probably knew at some point I was going to be walking just because like third trimester belly band was super helpful. But like, you know, when you're running for hours, like you're running for hours, like stuff's going to start to hurt. Um, and I thought, you know, I, I was like, at some point I bet like my round ligament starts to bother me or, you know, or I just, I get a little dehydrated and then I end up with like Braxton Hicks or some tightening and I'll just walk, um, to make that go away. That's what my care team and I were okay with. So (laughs) I probably, I got to like mile seven or eight and I was like, I don't feel that great anymore. (laughs) Like it's starting to feel kind of rough and I'm taking walk breaks and my stomach just started to feel kind of like a bowling ball. Um, you know, and again, I was showing a lot more at this point, had a, had a little bit of a bigger belly than I did at the last half marathon a couple weeks ago. I passed, um, someone who said they follow me on Instagram. She said she wasn't having a good day either. And I was like, honestly, me neither. Like I'll see you. Cause I'm sure I'm going to like, we're going to leapfrog. Um, so that was kind of like motivating and funny, but it's funny. Cause like every time I would t- like talk to someone, cause people would be like, Oh my God, go mom. Or like, you're running pregnant. That's awesome. Which was so nice and encouraging and made me feel like not super crazy for being out there in my third trimester running a half marathon. Um, but every time I would talk to someone, I like sounded like totally fine because my heart rate was really low. I wasn't working hard. I just was like, achy. Like I just wasn't feeling great orthopedically. Um, so I was just trying to stay calm and like, you know, take walk breaks. So I basically walked probably like the last 5k of that race. Like I was like, let me try and run walk through mile 10 just because it was starting to get cold and I didn't think to dress properly. And I was wearing like a tank top with arm sleeves. And I mean, it was probably like 45 degrees and windy. (laughs) Like it was, and I had shorts on, like I was wet. Like it was just cold. Um, so I was like, I don't want to walk just because I'm going to get really cold and feel more tight and achy and miserable. Um, but I did end up walking like the last 5k of that race. Um, just because I didn't feel super great anymore. Um, I felt okay when I was walking. I was, I was just cold. I was uncomfortable because I was cold. Um, and I ended up finishing race you know, passed a guy to get through the finish line, um, which, you know, made me happy for defeating the patriarchy in that, that final two seconds. Um, <laughs> and actually the guy was like, Oh my God, you're carrying, like you're running for two. That's awesome. And, and I was like, thanks dude. Um, but yeah, I ended up running a two thirty-two um, at 29 weeks pregnant. I had run like a one thirty-two the year before. So it was just kind of funny. It was like a full hour difference, but I mean, again, super proud of that race had no expectations, was happy to finish 
looking back, I don't regret making the decision to run that race. I regret not wearing warmer clothes, <laughs> um, knowing that I was probably going to walk the last couple miles. But, you know, I, I, I crossed the finish line like, all right, don't need to run this long anymore. Like all good with that. Like no desire. Itch has been scratched. Let's just do shorter runs. You're in your third trimester. Like, again, just want to prioritize feeling good. And like the end of that race didn't feel that good. <laughs> so, you know, I was just kind of like, all right, like we're turning a page um, and we are going to do some shorter stuff from now on. So my plan was to like adjust my running schedule moving forward. Um, you know, I was like, let me run like between one and six miles, whatever sounds good every other day and continue to add in strength. We had gotten a Peloton from a friend. Um, so I was like, I can add in the bike and walking and like lower impact stuff that would probably make just my body feel better and allow me to maintain, you know, some movement, some fitness and feel good. I ran 12 miles the following week and then I ran 18 miles the week after that. Um, and that was the week of our baby shower. Um, so that week is kind of where like two or three weeks after that half marathon around 32, 33 weeks or so, this is when I was like, I think my running journey while pregnant is coming to an end <laughs> and it is changing and that is okay. Um, and I'll talk about kind of like the cascade of events, um, that led to that and where I was at in the last few weeks leading up to my due date after we take a word to hear from our other sponsor. So throughout pregnancy running so far, again, like my biggest takeaway, because I had thought my running journey was like over all or nothing mindset, donezo, <laughs> many times before this point. So even recording this, I'm, you know, in late in my third trimester and I'm still like, I have an open mind because it's all temporary. Um, you know, I thought my running journey was over when they put me on pelvic rest um, because I didn't know when the end of that would be. And then I got to run for several months and like run two half marathons and feel amazing and like get to experience that, which I was super grateful for. I thought my running journey was over during Chicago, like, or during the half marathon, like, and it wasn't like, I felt okay once I got back home or once I just had time pass, I don't know. Um, so again, even at this point where I was like, mm, you know, I'm 33 weeks, you know, running owes me nothing. <laughs> Pregnancy owes me nothing. Um, you know, I'm starting to get new pain developments and discomfort developments that I can work through, but like, I just want to keep feeling good. And if running is not going to make me feel good, I'm not going to do it. But if I can do it in any capacity, whether it's walk, run, super modified, you know, no all or nothing mindset, like I'm going to try to do it, but there is going to come a point where, you know, if it doesn't make me feel good at all, I'm not even going to bother. Cause I just, I want to feel good. Um, especially the closer I get to birth. Like I just, you know, I don't want to hurt myself and then have to like push out a watermelon. Um, so I don't really know when it started, but the week of our baby shower, there were a couple things that basically aggravated my low back and it's, it's my, my low back is something I've dealt with like for years. Like it's very much a pre-pregnancy thing. I assumed at one point it would bother me during pregnancy. I was kind of surprised that it had been very okay. Um, and all my tools that I use to, you know, relieve it, like 
strength training and movements in PT and foam rolling and having a standing desk and all that stuff just had been like working beautifully. And I had been fine for the most part up to this point. But I don't know if it was just like the stress and anticipation of my entire family traveling to see us for our baby shower. And I just don't like being the center of attention. Like it was all happy, all positive, but I think it still created like an anxious response in me. So I don't know if it was that. I don't know if it was that combined with, I had gotten a prenatal massage because I took, well, I took my mom to um, a spa for her birthday. And I just like wanted, you know, spend time and like have her have a good day. And, um, the only thing that I really felt comfortable getting there was like a prenatal massage. Um, so that's what I did. And the, the pillow that they used, like for me to lay in, like with your belly down, like in the hole, like it just did not fit my body. Right. Like it was, I think it was too big. Like it was hitting me weird. They had like a sheet over the hole where the belly was supposed to go. And like, it was a little bit too taut. So like the baby was just like kicking the crap out of me the whole time and like kind of angry, (laughs) like they were very, very active. Um, So I just like was not relaxed during that massage um, and in a weird position that I'm never in, like, you know, being on your belly is a position that I haven't seen in months um, since getting pregnant. So I... (laughs) I don't know if that triggered something combined with stress. We also had a appointment, just like a regular prenatal checkup, like Doppler appointment where baby's heart rate was all over the place. She was like, the provider was, we see it. We see like a different provider at almost every appointment, just because they're trying to get us to meet as many people as possible. Cause you don't know who's going to be there during your, your labor, um, which was fine. And this particular provider, she was great, but she was just very like hyper and like lots of energy. And I am that already. So sometimes when I'm in a stressful situation, I need the person to be like, calm and zen and be like, Holly, everything's fine. Cause I already over worry. I already have anxiety. I don't need people to create more of that for me. Um, when it's like a healthcare provider situation or like a coaching situation. So <laughs> it had like the prenatal or like the prenatal massage that didn't go great that morning. And then we knew a bunch of family was coming we were trying to prepare our house for that. Cause we had some of them staying with us and our house has been, um, all over the place because of just like construction and stuff going on at the house. Um, And then I had this prenatal appointment where she was like chasing the baby, like around my abdomen with the Doppler and trying to get a heart rate reading. And they were just like kicking the Doppler and super active and aggravated and the heart rate kept accelerating. And she was like, wow, they won't calm down. Like they're so jacked up right now. And she was just really hyper and it was making me hyper and the baby hyper and everything ended up being fine. (laughs) Went to a follow-up, very Zen provider. It was my normal provider and everything was good. Everything was fine. So again, series of events caused my back to get super mad. And then I wasn't sleeping at all. I think I slept like two hours a night for like a week and I was like unwell, um, (laughs) which just made any type of pain feel worse. Um, And I was sitting a lot more the week 
leading up to my baby shower because it had been daylight savings time. So I just like wasn't getting outside as much because of the dark and um, there were people around. So I was sitting more and that is like a big trigger for my back and like my belly was growing. (laughs) So again, perfect storm to really make Holly's back super angry. Um, And it did. So typically in the past, running and walking and movement has actually really, really helped my back. Um, So, you know, I tried to keep running, but then it got to a point where I think it was just, it was affecting my pelvis. My pelvis was also, you know, prone to more like relaxing and, and stuff that happens in the third trimester. So I was also getting like a lot of like, almost like pubic symphysis, like pain, like pelvic girdle pain. Um, my like run of my round ligaments was bothering me. One of my ribs was bothering me. So like my entire torso and pelvis was just like really pissed off. Um, and running made the pubic component really sore. Um, I found, so I was like, all right, you know, I need to, need to call PT. Um, so I did see my physical therapist, um, who I love, who you guys have heard me talk about before. Um, she's amazing. And I saw her once or twice. Um, I hadn't seen her in months because things had been going really well. Um, and, you know, she kind of helped me with that. I also went to pelvic floor PT and they gave um, some suggestions too and started to figure out the back thing. But definitely, you know, both of them were like, wow, your pelvis and back are super jacked up. Like there's some work to be done there. Um, and I tried to go for a run after, um, one of those appointments. And I, I kind of was like, this might be my last run. Like I was really sore the rest of the day in the pubic area. And I was like, this is not like, this isn't it. Like, this is not what I want. This is no longer worth it. It's causing stress. Let me just switch my, my gears here and start walking and start, you know, doing, maybe like the elliptical or because the, the bike wasn't super comfortable. Again, ironic because we like had the bike at our house. So I got gym membership to Planet Fitness again, which is fine. I just hadn't been in months. Um, I'd canceled it in like June when they put me on pelvic rest and tried the elliptical and the Stairmaster. And that was great. Like that felt relatively fine. Um, so I was just grateful to be able to walk and like do something and the pubic pain did definitely calm down quite a bit. Um, my back, honestly, it's still bothering me. Um, but pelvic, or I'm sorry, but regular PT has definitely been helping a ton with that. Um, she dry needled me at one point the day before Thanksgiving, I think. And I felt so good that I was like, let me try and just go for a walk run and see how I feel on Thanksgiving day. I was like, turkey trot mindset. Like, I just want to get out there. And I think I made it like, I don't know. I think I made it like two minutes and I was like, I don't feel, this doesn't feel good. Um, and I was like sore for the rest of the day. Um, which is a bummer. You know, I, I do all the strength training. I've done all the corrective movements to prevent something like this from happening. So it's always a bummer when it happens anyway, because that's just par for the course. Sometimes we just don't have control. Um, but not running has made it so much better. Um, so around 33 weeks or so is when, you know, my running journey really, really turned another page, um, during pregnancy and it turned into walking. It turned into elliptical, Stairmaster, um, strength training, you know, which is great. Like I'm still so grateful that I can do all of those things and that I've been able to do 
all of those things because um, they've kept me, again, super functional, feeling really good mentally and physically. Um, and I'm glad that I have my support team to kind of help me through the third trimester. And I know running will be there whenever I am cleared and feeling good to do it postpartum. So yeah, in the meantime, I've been, you know, definitely getting out in like walking or um, I love to do like the stairs at the stadium at the college near me, which is UNH um, or strength training. Um, so yeah, I'm probably getting out and doing some sort of movement every day. I strength train still three to four times per week. Um, you know, kind of cardio, whether it's elliptical stairs or just walking, um, you know, most days um, of the week with a rest day or two. And really, I'm just listening to my body. And as I get closer to the finish line here um, of giving birth, I'm, I'm really trying to focus on movements that are going to prepare my body for birth, get the pelvis nice and open, feeling good, and having plenty of energy. So hopefully... I don't know. You found this episode helpful, relatable, insightful. Um, mostly I wanted to do it because I wanted to just share my like honest, um, (laughs) experience during pregnancy with fitness, because I obviously love fitness and running and everything like that. And, you know, do share a lot of my goals and my training on social media. So, I found it important to kind of share this part. Um, especially for those of you who maybe, like aren't pregnant or maybe want to be soon, but don't have that experience yet and are thinking like, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to do anything, you know, during pregnancy or how's it going to change? Because you really don't, you really don't know what you're going to be able to do until you're in it um, is kind of my experience. And I just think it's helpful to hear. I at least find it helpful to hear like other people's experiences, whether it's like running journeys during pregnancy or ways they've troubleshot certain like aches and pains or issues that came up or what it was like if they couldn't run, especially if that's you, um, or what it was like if they could run, like, you know, can they trust their body? Like, were they nervous about like causing issues and all of that sort of thing? Um, I just find it really helpful to listen to other people's experiences because there's a lot of research and evidence like based stuff on this that I could like, you know, preach to the choir, but Um, I also think some of the anecdotal personal experiences can be really insightful um, because, yeah, it's kind of an interesting time where you don't really know what's going to happen. And for some people, they can basically continue business as usual and not have to change a ton. And for others, they have to change it quite a bit. And that can be that can be really hard for some people. And I think it's good to hear um, like other people who have maybe had those experiences or at least parts of those experiences. So you don't feel alone because whatever it is you're doing during pregnancy, you're, you're doing great. (laughs) There's no right way to do it. For me, what was the most helpful was just getting outside or getting movement in within the parameters that I was either allowed to, or felt good, uh, doing every day. And just taking that little bit of time of self-care and having a routine was super helpful for me mentally. And I think if I was in a point where, I wasn't able to do anything. Like if I had to do bed rest, it would have been important for me to still like do something self-care related, like at the beginning of the day or at some point during the day, just to feel like myself. Right. Cause I know a lot of us, you know, kind of identify running as a form of self-care and it makes us feel like ourselves. Um, so yeah, I hope this was helpful. Um, 
if you guys want me to share like any more experiences or if you're interested in hearing like my birth story whenever that happens because it hasn't happened yet at the time of recording this podcast episode let me know i again i love pregnancy i love birth i think it's super interesting i've always been super interested in it even if i haven't totally expressed that on my pages um but yeah i took like extra classes on it in college like just watching cousins and friends who are older than me go through and experience that and learning about it i always found super fascinating i think like you know the the female body is freaking awesome and really interesting. And it kind of blows my mind that like, this is just something that can happen. And, you know, you can just grow and pop a baby out. And I don't know, I find that whole physiological process extremely interesting. So um, I always loved and have loved even like long before I got pregnant or wanted to be like listening to birth stories and listening to people's experiences during pregnancy. I've always found it super interesting. So I'm happy to share more on here if you're interested in it. I know that some of the content I've been sharing this past year has been more pregnancy focused um, just because it's more relatable to me, which I told you all would happen um, in that first episode where we talked about um, you know announcing our pregnancy. But um, yeah, let me know. And until next time, happy running, walking, existing, wherever you're at, whether you're pregnant or not. And I'll see you on the other side of birth. Thank you.